Listeners, as always, we have a very special guest with us today. Her name is Ranger Angela Crenshaw. Angela will talk to us today about Harriet Tubman, history, healing, and much, much more. Hello, you're listening to the Women of Awe Action, Wisdom, and Excellence podcast. I'm your host, Adrienne Dillard. The Women of Awe podcast is a podcast that celebrates the everyday woman who in her everyday activities has exhibited action when needed, wisdom as required, and excellence as a routine to make life better for herself, her family, and or her community. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode. Welcome, Angela, to the Women of Awe podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Angela, you're quite interesting. (laughs) Thank you very much. Let's start off with your main focus. Right now, you are a ranger. Can you tell us more about what that means and where you are a ranger? Sure. I'm a park ranger at Gunpowder Falls State Park, which is in Baltimore and Harford counties in Maryland. So as a ranger, I make sure the park is clean, operable, safe, and user-friendly. I answer any questions our guests may have. I assist our staff. Basically, a jack or jill of all trades on public lands. I find the fact that you are a ranger extremely interesting. How did you get started doing that? I was working for the Maryland Department of Natural Resources in their boating services unit, and I had been doing that for three or four years. And I saw a ranger, um, the ranger job applications pop up, and I didn't apply. And then the next time it popped up, I said, well, it rarely comes up, so I'll apply and uh, when I did, they offered me a position at Elk Neck State Park up in Cecil County, and I moved up to Cecil County, and it's been pretty wonderful. Um, my coworkers are great. The work I do is great, and it's been wonderful to share important aspects of Maryland's natural, cultural, and historical and recreational resources with all of our guests. Did you grow up in the country or in a woodsy area? I was born in West Virginia, then my family moved to Baltimore, and I've always enjoyed being outside and running around in nature and started going to summer camps, and I was also a Girl Scout. I think I was a Girl Scout for 13 or 15 years or something like that, so I got the opportunity to spend a lot of time outdoors, which was wonderful growing up and just having a love for nature from a very young age. It was very natural for me to be out in the woods. We have something in common. I grew up in Baltimore City as well. The funny thing about that is the entire time I was there, I knew I had no business in the city. I was just not a city girl at all. I really felt more comfortable visiting my grandmom down in North Carolina. Oh, yeah. You know, from an early age. Yeah. Right. And I guess you do know from an early age. But tell me something Mm -hmm. about, let's see, can you point out a significant moment in your life that might have made an impression on you so much so that you chose to go this route? Yes. Uh, So back in 2010, and I'm sure things happened earlier in life, but back in 2010, I visited the plantation where my great, great, great grandfather was enslaved. It's uh, down in South Carolina. Uh, I knew it was there. My great aunt had been, a few of my uncles went, and I decided I wanted to go. So I took about a week off of work and drove down there with a friend and Uh, There's a historical marker near the house, but we didn't exactly know where the house was. And this was pre-smartphone, so we didn't have a smartphone. We just knew it was off of 
Route 1 in South Carolina, barely in South Carolina, just right south of the line between South and North Carolina. And we got there and saw the sign and we drove around looking for the house and there it was. Uh, And the gentleman that lives in the house and owns the house is uh, a descendant of the family that enslaved my great, great, great grandfather. And so he wasn't there when we got there, but we walked around a little bit. It was clearly the house that we were looking for. And he drove up and I was, I don't want to say timid because I'm not a timid person. I was concerned because I was clearly trespassing on his property and uh, the friend said you know this is Angela Crenshaw Pegues she's a descendant of uh, the Pegues family and we'd like to see the property sometime we have a week to do it and I remember the gentleman said no time like the present and my stomach completely fell out of my body Um, but he showed us around the house and he answered all of my questions he actually knew and could tell me a lot about Paul Pegues and his wife, Frances Temple, and we looked at these historical artifacts, and we walked around the land, and we spent, I'd say, eight hours there. The sunset, we were still talking about my family's history, the history of the land, um, and I remember that was a very, very moving time for me, and after, after we walked around, I remember we walked to the vehicle, and it was a really, really dark night, pitch black, uh, that kind of country dark. You understand the end of South Carolina. Yep, country dark. Uh, but there was a full moon and I felt bathed in this silver light and I felt purified in that moment. I felt like something, wounds inside of me that I didn't know were there were healed. Um, and it was a really beautiful moment and I was emotionally overwhelmed. And I just started crying, but I remember feeling comfort and warm and safe and happy and rejuvenated. And so after that, I thought it was very, very important to share that very difficult aspect of history with people, because I know a lot of folks, including uh, some of my family members had been there, and they said they had a horrible time. And I have a feeling I had a decent time because of the way I approached the situation, the time I gave it, the respect I gave it. And so I thought it was very, very important to be able to articulate that when it comes to interpreting Maryland's history. And I've been to a number of presentations since then where I felt like my skin was crawling because of the way it was presented. And I don't want any of our guests to feel uncomfortable in a Maryland state park on a Maryland public land. Um, If you're talking about something difficult, that's one type of discomfort. But if you're, if someone makes you feel uncomfortable because of that subject, matter, then that's wrong, in my opinion. So to me, it's very important to be able to share those aspects of history correctly. And I also love nature and don't see why everybody else won't. So it's really nice to be able to share nature with uh, everyone, people that are interested in seeing nature, people that aren't. Uh, So that's been a a huge part of my job and my life. I love that story. I actually have goosebumps from the story. Oh, thank you. No, I mean, I can't imagine being able to experience that. And then you mentioned you were in, in the right mindset to experience in a positive way, as opposed to some of the others who went, because you were a little right. I mean, you were apprehensive, right? You were apprehensive and rightly I, so. There was no way to call this gentleman ahead of time. We just took five days off and assumed we'd go and knock on the door. And if he said no, he said no. But if he said it's Monday and I can talk to you Wednesday at four, we'd be there Wednesday at four. But like I said, he said no time like the present. And also I love 
talking about this now because the woman that recommended me for this podcast, she actually, when I told her that she had goosebumps, she was so moved. And she said, well, what happened? Did you name it? And I said, did I name what? And she said, did you name that feeling? So I remember we sat there and we came up with transgenerational spiritual manumission. Um, And that's long. But basically, we were basically saying I was never enslaved. So it wasn't me. It was a healing from way back. Uh, So transgenerational. And it was spiritual because I couldn't, I can't point to a scar on my body. I can't point to anything that you'll see. So it was very, like I said, spiritual for me. And just the feelings that I felt on that land, I, they just lifted me up. I felt whole. I felt full. I felt comfortable. And that's not really something that seems common when you discuss American slavery. And of course, manumission back when enslaved people were freed, they were manumitted. So I felt like a part of me was, was freed. So that's where we got transgenerational spiritual manumission from. Transgenerational spiritual manumission. That's yeah. a mouthful. It, that is a mouthful. It is a mouthful, but I think it's it's fitting for what happened. That's the only way I could describe it without using an entire paragraph. And I could I think I can feel all of that from how you describe the whole event. Mm. I could feel it all. Thank you. No, thank oh, you yeah. for sharing that. Because I really, You're I think welcome. more of us need to hear it because we yeah. do yeah, have yeah. a, we have not such a good view on it. And this helps us kind of bring it back into where it should be. So mm-hmm. that, that's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. I also want you to talk a little bit about the time when you were, I believe you were maybe assistant ranger at the Harriet Tubman Facility. Yes, I was the assistant manager uh, of Harriet Tubman Underground Railroad State Park and Visitor Center in Church Creek, Maryland. And I did yes. that for just about five years, including getting it opened. We did the grand opening. I started the interpretation there, including junior ranger programs and programs for all the students that came to visit and training our staff. And uh, that was of course, life-changing and wonderful, too. I moved down to Church Creek, Maryland, which is just south of Cambridge and in southern Dorchester County, very, very rural. Uh, moved down there, just me and my puppy. And I remember when we first got there, I didn't have cable. So I would sit on the porch in the evenings and he would sniff and lay around and I would uh, read books because I had no internet or cable. And so I learned um, a ton about the economics, the sociology, different aspects um, of American slavery. And that informed how I interpreted and shared Harriet Tubman's life. Uh, I also enjoyed being down there because the landscape is, it, the landscape basically shaped Harriet Tubman into um, the Underground Railroad conductor that we know her as. She lived on the land, she worked, she toiled, she was enslaved, and it basically made her into the person that allowed her to walk uh, nearly 100 miles to her freedom and then come back numerous times for family and friends. And I enjoyed sharing that aspect of Tubman with people. And I also enjoyed talking about the softer side of Tubman. She was the fifth of nine children. She had sisters and brothers and nieces and nephews. And I don't think a lot of people uh, consider that aspect of her, but I think that was a huge part of who she was having compassion and being a sibling and loving her family. Uh, So that was, that changed my life too. 
in a lot of different ways. And I'm very thankful for that. What do you think was one of the biggest challenges you had to overcome as you got to this point? Because you're, that's a pretty large facility where you're in charge. What do you uh, think was I the guess, biggest challenge to get there? Um, I, I wanted to do it right. And so sometimes that got in my way. Uh, not everything can be perfect, but you can get it close. So I guess the biggest challenge was just making sure it was done the best way that I possibly could. I guess if you grade it, I wanted that facility to be an A-plus facility. I wanted my staff to be A-plus. I wanted the programs and the events that we did to be A-plus um, because if it wasn't for Harriet Tubman, I wouldn't be anywhere near where I am today, um, directly and indirectly. Because of work, you know, I worked directly interpreting her life, but because of everything she did, I'm able to be an African-American woman who's moved around the state being a park ranger and who shares this history with people. So I thought it was very, very important to acknowledge and to do her justice. Um, I like to say I stand on the shoulders of giants and I'm standing on her shoulders every single day. So I just wanted to make sure that it was done correctly and done properly. So I guess that was the biggest challenge. I guess feeling like I had to be able to answer everyone's questions about Harriet Tubman, Frederick Douglass, Sojourner Truth, William Still, uh, Henry Highland Garnett, Thomas Garrett. So I guess feeling like I had to have a ton of knowledge in my mind was a huge challenge too, but I, I like to think I met that challenge head on. I believe you did too. I'm sure Harriet would, <laughs> would be proud. <laughs> oh, thank you, ma'am. You are very welcome. Let's say someone wanted to do what something similar. Let's say there's a young woman coming up. She wants to be a park ranger. What kind of advice would you give her? I would tell that young woman to follow her passion. Know your skill set. My father always told me, you are blessed with a certain skill set and your job is to learn that and improve it and share it. Um, and that is, that is your goal on this planet in this life. Um, so I guess for me, I always had a passion for the environment, but my skill is sharing difficult histories and hopefully explaining things to people in a way that they can understand and comprehend and in a way that they can use in their daily life. Um, so find your skill, find what you're good at. And if you can combine that, uh, you will have a very fulfilling work life. Um, I know I wasn't, a lot of my coworkers, they're born and they know they want to be a park ranger. I was never kind of like that. I always wanted to be a veterinarian or a marine biologist. And then I wanted to be an environmental lawyer. So that's what I went to school for. And then I realized I could have a more direct effect with people if I spoke to them and met them in person than anything I was doing on the path to become an environmental lawyer. So that's how I kind of fell into being a park ranger. Um, so yeah, yeah, it wasn't my, my path wasn't direct at all to become a park ranger, but I'm glad I got here. Um, most people become rangers in their 20s and I was pretty late. I did that in my 30s, um, but I think it's been very fulfilling. So like I said, follow, learn your, learn your skills, but also learn what you're good at and what you feel guided to do um, and follow that path. 
See, that is even more impressive to me that you were going a different route and then you realize this is where I'm supposed to be over here. Completely. I made a hard turn. Yes, ma'am. It was, I I was enjoying the stuff I was doing uh, with uh, the Clean Air Act and it's, it's fulfilling and it's wonderful, but I just felt like it was two steps above where I needed to be. um, And I wanted to be on the ground level. And so working in a park with people directly and my wonderful coworkers and my supervisors and the Maryland Park Service leadership team allowed me to do that. I feel like I had a much more direct connection to people and I could affect change on a greater level uh, with people directly. Yes. Yes. A lot of people think once they pick that major and they get out of college, then they're stuck. They have to stay right where they are, but that's not true at all. I mean, the world really is your oyster. It is. You just have to look and be aware and be willing to make changes. Um, Yeah, but it's been very fulfilling. I'd do it again. What would you consider a non-human resource that has helped you along the way? And I have two answers. So I guess um, I do fit by nature and it helps me clear my mind and it helps me to think. Um, but also uh, knowledge of the past has been very, very helpful. I think everything that um, Americans, African-Americans, park rangers, people have been through before this, it informs where we're going. And so to understand that has been really, really helpful in guiding me on my path. I know your history. Yeah. I guess it, in my mind, Harriet Tubman is the ultimate outdoors woman, and I aspire to be as outdoorsy and knowledgeable as her, and I'm inspired by her. So that knowledge about her and her community on the eastern shore of Maryland has really helped um, to guide everything that I've done. This is really great information. I want you to, if you can take a moment to share how people can get more information about not just the two, the parks that you've rangered, but Maryland parks in general. Can you tell us how people could get more information about that? Uh, Sure, they could go to the Maryland Department of Natural Resources, which is DNR as in Department of Natural Resources, dot Maryland, M-A-R-Y-L-A-N-D, dot G-O-V, and then go to parks or type in parks in the search and you can learn Uh, a ton about Maryland State Parks. You can also go to the Maryland Department of Natural Resources YouTube. There are a number of virtual ranger programs. I did eight of them for Harriet Tubman. Um, So you can learn about the visitor center. You can learn about Tubman's self-emancipation and you can learn about other state parks um, throughout throughout Maryland. Okay, great. And I, I will put that on our website as well so that they can reference that. A question, you mentioned something about junior rangers. What's the junior rangers? Uh, So junior rangers in Maryland State Parks are ways for our younger visitors to connect to nature. But at Harriet Tubman, uh, we would have students come in. We'd have teachers that wanted to bring their students, including all the fourth graders from Dorchester County and a number of them from Talbot County. And when the teachers came, they brought this worksheet. And I noticed the worksheet didn't really, the information on the worksheet didn't really jive with what we had in the visitor center, or you couldn't find the information, or it was not 
intuitive or not in an order where it would help children to navigate the visitor center. So um, my staff and I put together a junior ranger booklet, and that allows guests of all ages, really, to connect to Harriet Tubman via the exhibits in the visitor center. And uh, it's something that they could take home. And then once they were done, they did the junior ranger pledge, and they were led by a park ranger. And then they received a patch that has Harriet Tubman on it. And that was so popular. It's won awards. We've had over 10,000 junior rangers. And then the same students started coming back. So we made a second junior ranger book that's based on the art and the music of the visitor center. It's called Sights and Sounds of Freedom. And that one's a little bit more difficult because you have to interpret music and art and the way you feel in the visitor center. Uh, And then with that one, you earn a patch that has our um, brown skin people of color rangers on there. Um, so I'm very proud of both of those booklets and I can send you to the links. People can actually request those and they'll be sent to them. Um, and there's information about that on the DNR website as well as on the Maryland um, Department of Natural Resources YouTube. I do a quick presentation on that as well. Oh, I would love to get those links. That would be great. Thank you. Sure, I'll send you the links when we're done. I'm always a fan of anything for the kids because yeah. I'm, I'm a scout leader and I'm a teacher. So the, that's right up my alley. Oh, yeah. So this year we did, uh, or last year we did Girl Scouts at Maryland. No, Girl Scouts love state parks. And I did a video for them. And so I think Girl Scouts have requested over 200 of these booklets. And we send oh. you the book in the patch and you complete them. So I'll send you those links so that people can request those too. Okay, but hold on. Do we have anything for the Boy Scouts as well? Because I actually, I'm a Cub Scout leader. Oh, Boy Scouts can do it too. Okay, Um, all right. I didn't know if it was specifically for girls. No, no, it's for everybody. All right, cool. Well, that would be fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Yep, sure. Mm -hmm. If you had a couple of minutes to talk about anything you wanted to talk about, what would it be? Nature appreciation. So uh, last year, um, our parks, visitation increased by over 45 percent and I love the fact that people are coming to Maryland State Parks and camping and hiking and fishing and kayaking and interacting with rangers and enjoying all of our resources but I also want to make sure that parks are taken care of so we all abide by leave no trace ethics and the main one that I really love is you pack it in you pack it out so if you bring um, your pop-up tent and your grill and a bunch of food and frisbees and toys and everything to the park. You want to make sure you take all that stuff right back out so that our parks are clean and pristine and available for our next users. Um, so if, to me, if you're going to enjoy nature, you have to take care of it too. Uh, we're all stewards of the environment. We're all stewards of the planet and we all need your help. So if you could help us out by uh, helping us keep our parks clean and available for other people, we'd all appreciate that. Yes, very important. The environment, that's huge. And I spend a lot of time with my kids, the kids I teach, teaching them about taking care of the environment and what you pack Mm -hmm. it in, you pack it out. I really really Mm -hmm. like that. Do you have that post throughout the park? Yes, we do. We're highlighting last week was state parks week. We highlighted leave no trace ethics, including that aspect of it. Yep. So there's signs around the park about leave no trace ethics and packing it in and packing it out. And you can learn more about Leave No Trace at lnt.org. You are a fount of information. Thank you so much. This has been great. You're welcome. If I had to ask you a story that captured what being a woman of action, wisdom, and excellence means to you, 
you'd probably take me to Harriet Tubman, right? I would. I'd take you to um, what happened. Well, we some of the I forget which community organization in Dorchester. They hosted this huge festival and they invited a local ranger who was born and raised in Dorchester to speak. And she was really honored, but she was nervous. She said, Angie, I just don't know what to say. And I said, well, how long do you have? And she told me and I said, okay, well, we'll put some words together. Lady's name is Miss Mary. So I helped Miss Mary put into words what Harriet Tubman meant to her, both born in Dorchester County. Uh, They both overcame odds that are (laughs) pretty abysmal considering Um, they're both really strong, loving, caring women. And I remember I put typed up Mary's words and we practiced them and we went over them and I put them in a a folder with a cute label on the front. We called them, uh, Mary and Minty, uh, two ladies from Dorchester County. And I sent a ranger with her to walk her in and make sure everything was parked and she was fine. And so, afterwards I knew it was over and I was texting her I said Miss Mary how'd it go Miss Mary how'd it go and she just said oh I'll tell you when I see you and she wouldn't tell me until she got there and when she got there she looked at me and she was nearly in tears so she had gotten she she got up there and she spoke her words um and she got a standing ovation as she was leaving people were high-fiving her in the church and people were still clapping for her when she was waiting outside to get picked up And then as she was driving away, she could still hear people clapping for her. People were texting her and putting messages on her Facebook, telling her she did wonderful and she was the best speaker of the event. Our park historian who lived up in Boston had heard how great Mary did. And so for her to come back and tell me that that was, she said that was one of the best days of her life. So that to me is what being a woman of awe, action, wisdom, and excellence is. It's being able to lift up people around you. Yes. Oh, wow. You've got tons of stories. Have you I ever have some good about... ones, yes. <laughs> have you ever thought about writing a book? I have. Uh, I have two children's books ro- rolling around in my head and maybe an adult book too, but we'll see how that goes. Wow. You're, and you're a great storyteller. Thank you. Oh, thank this you, ma'am. Been, this has been a pleasure. It was really Dude, nice I'm talking glad. to you. And maybe who knows? <laughs> I, I mean, I don't live too far from Gunpowder State Park. Maybe I'll cruise over there one day and say hi. Yeah, I'll be here. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. It has been a tremendous pleasure. Ranger Angela Crenshaw. Thank you so much for having me and everyone stay well and stay blessed. Thank you. You too. Thank you for joining me on the Women of Awe Action, Wisdom and Excellence podcast. If you are a woman of action or know of one, who you think would be a good fit for the podcast, please contact me via email, womenofawe at adriandillard.com, womenofawe at adrian, A-D-R-I-E-N-N-E, dillard, D-I-L-L-A-R-D, dot com. Or you can post to our Facebook page. Always remember to be the best you that you can be. That is the best path to excellence. I hope you can join us next week. Please don't forget to support us by leaving a review.